My name is Arthur Halloran. I'm the CEO of Trillion Energy, which is an oil and gas producer in, um, in Turkey. Arthur, thanks for coming aboard. Uh, and thanks for uh, coming to share your story. And you're also going to educate us a little bit about uh, what, what's happening out there in the wider market. Uh, obviously, I think people are uh, looking at the Russia-Ukraine situation and wondering how companies um, operate in that environment. But why don't we kick off first and tell people a bit about you. What's your background relevant to what you're doing now? Yeah, so I have about 42 years experience in petroleum geology. I'm actually a geologist and I have a PhD in petroleum geology and I'm a co-founder of Canical Energy, which is the largest gas producer in, um, in Colombia and also Rally Energy for Scimitar in Egypt and a bunch of other companies in, in Africa. So I have a, a good base in international uh, geology. Oh, you must know Dave Winter then. Yep. Yep. There we go. Okay, there's, there's a connection. Um, so tell me a little bit about the rest of the team that you've got working uh, here with you. And, and the team I have in Turkey is the original management group that was involved in this project since around 2000. My CFO is uh, David Thompson, who has 30 years also in experience in oil and gas. The last couple are with Dragon Energy. And I have uh, Barry Wood, which um, is a geophysicist, a PhD, and about 40 years of, of experience. Um, okay, I mean, g g given, given the um, state of the oil and gas market in, in, in recent years, um, uh, you know, it's, it's been a difficult time. Um, it's come back, you know, COVID has set a few things in motion, uh, not least of all, um, oil and gas prices uh, start, you know, getting, getting back up to, you know, previous levels. Can you tell us w what exactly you have um, got planned? Because you, you, it's been going, you know, this company's been going a while. Uh, there's lots of money invested in, in, in previous um, incarnations. Um, what are you working with today? Yeah, so... We have an offshore gas field in, in Turkey, and in Turkey, there was always a high price uh, gas environment. And so pre-2020 COVID, we went through the process, process of getting a reserve report, getting everything ready to list on the Canadian Security Exchange. And we did that on February 2020, and then COVID came, and all the commodity prices, as you know, crashed. Um, and then we've been working quite, um, you know, hard to get things going. Uh, we redomiciled into Canada this January, and then there was the invasion of uh, the Ukraine by Russia, and then the gas prices in Turkey, uh, well, Europe as a whole just uh, skyrocketed, and so that's set us into a really good position here. Right, and and you know, obviously, where you're at, Matt, you're sort of sort of sub hundred million market cap um, company. The shares of you know had a fifty percent increase this this year. Um, you know, it it, it bodes well for the sector as a whole. But I'm, I'm sort of interested in sort of where, where you're coming from in terms of you know your financial position. I know you've raised some money recently. Um, where, where does that put you in a good place? I mean, what what, what are you going to do with that capital? Is that just firming things up yes. or was that allocated for drilling? Yeah, so so we the company was in a rough position when we first, um, so I actually we actually purchased the asset in Turkey, it was a distressed sale. We picked it up on pennies on the dollar, but there was no reserve report. The $600 million asset had a zero value. So we were really slug, I mean, 
struggling six cents, seven cents. And um, then with this, but we then got a reserve report. So we had a huge value attached to the gas. Um, so we had this big facility. So then we went and started getting the project going. And then after we redomiciled, we started to do a, um, like a fundraiser, but we did a non-brokered private placement because initially we wanted to get five or $6 million because there's only one rig in the Black Sea that we can use to drill our gas wells offshore the offshore um, Turkey. And we initially started off, we thought we'd try to raise five, but then it went to 10 and we oversubscribed to 18 million Canadian because there was such an appetite now for uh, natural gas in, in this part of the woods. And so what that money actually has now done is it's allowed us to secure the rig um, pay some long lead items because of with the COVID, there is a supply chain issue and we want to capture the um, high price of gas. So we've organized it to spud, move the rig to the offshore locations uh, by July, 2022. And so with that initial money, we have secured the rig. We've got the long lead items. Uh, we just signed the definitive contract with the rig and everything's set for uh, spud date July, August this year. Okay. And just, just so I understand the economics for that. So you get the, you make, you've raised some money. How much of that has been allocated to this one asset? You, you do have some others in the portfolio elsewhere, don't you? Yeah, that's correct. So I've learned to really f to focus. So what we have here for this asset is we have four um, offshore platforms, a subsea gathering system, onshore facility that to rebuild today would be like $600 million. They're in really good shape. They discovered eight gas fields, but they only put four of the gas fields on production since 2007. And so the whole process now is to bring those other four gas wells. We're gonna directionally drill from the platform to those pools. So there's no subsea tie-in. Um, it's a lot faster, a lot less money. So we have those four gas pools that we're going to be put into the, the uh, production. In addition to those four, we have um, another 10 development locations. So we, we could, the first, the first ones are reserved. So we have a, a GLJ uh, third-party reserve report. And the other one is a development location. So there is no expiration. There's no mystery. And we could be drilling there a well every 40 days until 2024. And additional to those, there are 13 expiration on the block. So that answer your question in a long way, every dollar I invest in the SESB, I will get immediate return in a couple of months because of the high gas um, environment, the need for natural gas. I have a large project in Bulgaria um, that we have a, a resource report of TCF. It's unconventional. Uh, we were doing an environmental uh, evaluation, but again, we had to put that on hold because of COVID. Um, now Bulgaria's had their gas uh, shut off. Um, I've had many people now or companies contact me on that. So for Bulgaria, the best thing for the company would be to farm that out, get an industrial player so that um, we could get some return for our shares because that project won't produce gas for uh, two, three years. So the, the 
the best thing is focus on um, our offshore uh, Black Sea. Okay, so so um, Bulgaria um, farm, farmed out, and you raised the point. Obviously, that the, the their uh, supplies been been cut off. Um, so so that is there any conversations um, happening at the moment? Or how close are you to agreeing anything there? Yeah, so they, their gas was shut off here last week because they won't they won't pay for the gas in rubles, and in Turkey also. So for Turkey, they import ninety percent of their gas. And predominantly half that gas also comes from Russia and Turkey is a NATO, a NATO country, right? And so we're getting into an area um, where you have a large competition from Europe for gas. At the same time, Turkey, Bulgaria and Poland, like also Poland had their gas shut off. There's going to be a really tight market for the next two or three years in this area. Yeah, I mean, the... the, the Geopolitical scene there is, is um, very good for companies like yourself in this position. It's also quite good for gas um, prices, one suspects, if, if you're a producer of gas. Um, we'll come on to that in a second, so I wouldn't mind getting um, an update from you on that one. But just just back, back in the in um, with regards to um, your, your your focus, right on the black in the Black Sea, you've. You say that you can drill, you know, every day for until twenty twenty four because you you got the information that you need there. So, can you just kind of list out what what exactly did you buy again? What did you get in terms of the data rather than the physical uh, asset? So for the SASB, we have very very good three D seismic. Um, um, the the four pools actually is like five pools, but there's only put together reserves. The, those four pools that were not produced, um, were drilled, um, tested, mapped, everything. They were just never put on production. And so the data is very high quality. So we have logs and so on. For the development locations, the same thing. We have very good seismic. And the reason why they're development locations is they're just slightly too far from the, the control, the data, or there's a small little fault block, but in the seismic data, they have exactly the same response of the four pools that we have um, have produced. And so those those ones, um, like I say, there's no expiration for for those projects. They they are there, the data is very good. We have a um, GLJ from Calgary, which is a, an engineering company, a third party reserve report on those. And then the development locations, it's um, a resource report again by those uh, Right. Okay. So, so given that data, what is the and I, I know it's shallow drilling, etc. And you, you've just I know saw the release with regards to the, the rig service. It's one. It's one rig. With that data, does that mean that you are one hundred percent going to hit each time, or is it a you know it's, it's four out of five? I mean, what, what's what's the what's av- average success rate are you looking for? Given the you know you I guess you said the payback's quite quick, but that, that must be based on some assumptions. Yeah, yeah, the payback is just a matter of, of months, especially like right now we're getting $18 US and MCF and all my economics and so on, I ran at eight and a half to $9. It's just that the price would change uh, too much. So I've just left the, the third party uh, price deck the way it is. Um, for success rate, based on the past history with the AVO and so on, it was an 80% success rate. For the program A, which I call the reserve program, which are five wells and two recompletions, that gas is there. It, like it is approved. So there is 
There's no no issue with that. The development locations, which are eight wells, and then also two recompletions, there's no such thing as 100%, but it's about a 90% to a 50%. And that's the um, the numbers that uh, the engineers use. Really, the only the only um, the only risk you have is mechanical uh, risk, like you have an issue with a well and so on. So for these this program A and program B, the gas is there. Right. Okay. You, so you so you've raised you've raised chunk of change uh, recently. What, what I guess what I'm trying to get at is like when does this come um, self self funding in that sense? So it's quick payback, but with one drill, what what is the what is the cost? What is the what? We know the payback is quick, but you know what's the net back to you on a I don't know monthly, quarterly, or annual basis per hole? Yeah. So the price of the wells range from depending what we do. Um, you know, three and a half to say 10 million, but the average, the average price would be about a $9 million uh, um, dollars versus, you know, 12 million if we didn't drill from the, the rig, the net back per MCF. So our op costs are about 21 cents because what we've done is we have a monthly fee. So our partner is TPAO and they, they operate the processing facility and so we pay $100,000 a month, regardless of the amount of production we have. And so um, once we get up to a decent production, it's 21 cents on MCF. And then we have 12.5% royalty. So, so basically, we net back on $9. We net back about $6 on MCF. And then at $18, we're netting back like $13 uh, on MCF, right? And then the, the per well production. So the way it works is that each well will be capable of about, you know, three and a half, four million cubic feet feet per day. And again, using using the, the deck that uh, GLJ did at $9, um, by the time we finish program A, which is the five new wells and the two recompletions, we will be making about $3.7 million US per month, free cash flow after everything. So at $18 on MCF, that's double that. So now you're talking like seven. And after the, the, the development wells, we're up to, I think it's like 7.6 million US. Uh, that's a month, right? And so you double that at $18. So when you wanted to come up like monthly cash flow before all costs and so on, um, if there's such a wide range, we've actually quit trying to calculate it. But so an example, you know, if you're making fifteen million cube, fifteen million dollars a month, you know, times that by twelve and minus a few of the costs, you're up, you're up as one hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty million US a year revenue for this project. Yeah, absolutely. And and what and what's the we know the the field size. So how, how quickly would you want to um, expand the production in the field, given the cash flows coming in? I.e., is the money going to go back in the ground? I mean, what what do you do with it? You've got you've got a couple of other projects elsewhere, as you say, one which may be farmed out. Um, how do you intend to spend the proceeds? Assuming everything yeah, goes thanks well. For jogging my, yeah, <laughs> thanks for jogging my memory because that's a very good point. So, so we've we've raised already 11 million US, and that has got the project on the way. That's secured a rig, that has paid for all the engineering for the wells and so on, 
And now we're trying to get another 11 million by maybe another equity or debt raise. And for the first project, the first program A is about a $23 million um, US for our percentage. So with the 11 we have and an additional 10, um, with the cash flow that we will get from the wells, we'll be able to then continuously drill from our own revenue because we worked it out that for the, the rig and all the supporting costs, it's about 3.4, 3.2 million per month. And by the time we finish program A, which we will fund, we've already making that per month. So then we can continue to drill and do the other 10 locations. So for the initial 22, $23 million, we're going to be able to do a $74 million program. And that, what I'm telling you is, was, was calculated at the $9 MCF. And now we're at $18. And the reason why I don't, I'm not a promoter, I'm a technical guy. And I always say, look, if, if people can see it's going to fly at $9, I'm not going to run out and say, okay, I'm going to redo all my calculations, have a fantastic presentation to say, look, here's all the numbers at 18. They're smart enough. They know if it flies, good economics at nine, at 10, 13, 18, it's just stellar. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, um, I'd like that attitude. I prefer that attitude um, to the promotion of what's gone on in the last, you know, three three months or so. Um, <clears throat> it's 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 the kind of you know the moving average is going up, but let's let's keep calm about it. Um, right. So so th- th- so that's that's on 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 the money side. Can we can we talk about the you've got a, you've got another um, on- onshore project, have you not? Yeah, that's correct. So we and I always forget because I, the. The SESB is, is, is such um, an opportunity to create such cash flow that I can do a bunch of other work. But we, we also have an oil field um, in Turkey and we're, we're producing, we're probably making now at the price 5 million US a year in, in revenue. And that pays for all the, the, the Turkey office because I have 12 staff there in, um, in Turkey and my head office is actually in Turkey. And so that is a, um, a low decline, long production um, oil, oil reservoir. It's kind of like we have in, in Canada. It's a high water cut and it's just a, a water recycling exercise. And so that's got another 10, 15 years. Right. Okay. But so, this, so that's a kind of um, a ATM, as it were, a, a, a kind of cash, machi- cash uh, machine to basically cover kind of GNA and any other kind of exploration work ac- across across the group. Um, so I can see why you want to focus on on the SASB thing. Can we, can we talk? Can we talk about specifically about the deal there in terms of um, you know w- what they do, what the, you know what your expectation of them is, what their expectation of of, of you is, and you know wh- where this thing goes um, because you know both sides will be producing cash. Um, giving both sides different op, you know, options as to how they um, choose to proceed. It's a very p- strong environment for oil and gas. Um, you, and there's been a lot of, just, there's a lot of distressed assets out there. Perhaps people haven't been able to raise capital. So what, what's, what's your impression of how that relation, um, looks like going forward? Um, so f- like for our, our company here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so not only do we have, all this development, I mean, reserves and development locations on our property. Like I say, there's on our property that we own, there's no more, per, we don't have to get permits and so on. 
we actually have a whole series of expiration targets. So they're like a stratigraphic um, target. So it's like an old river channel that's filled with sand. They've never been drilled. They have exactly the same seismic response. They're exactly the same sand. Um, in my 40 years experience, when I look at something like that, I say that that's definitely seeing gas saturated. It's never been drilled. And so with the development, the reserves and the development location at $9, we estimate it's about a 250 million NPV when we start putting the right um, um, recovery factor in it. So with the price increase, you're talking like another 500 million a total $500 million US, our percentage, this expiration target stratigraphic would give us the same amount of gas as we actually have in our structural ones that we have produced and we're aiming for. So now that's gonna add another 400 million. And I'm gonna throw a couple of those wells in, in our B program. And so that's on the block. So just on the block, um, we, you know, you, just, you have hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of NPV. Then off the block, so the old history was why did they drill the structures we have on um, SESB? It's because in the Black Sea, they thought there was not enough gas generated. And the gas that we produce is called biogenic gas and is produced by bacteria. And it doesn't produce lots of volume. And so it fills smaller structures. With our history in the area for 22 years, we used to have a huge block of land. We have all the seismic we have tons of uh, reports, um, anomalies and so on. And there are some fairly good sized structures in there. And in the past time, they thought there was not enough gas generated in the Black Sea um, uh, source rocks to charge these large structures. Well, now TPAO to the north of us, which is quite a ways, it's 100, 100 miles. They have their huge discovery, two of them actually. And they now, have a combination of about 19 TCF of gas. So what that's done is that has um, um, illustrated that there's probably um, thermal generated gas. You can generate lots of volumes, which is a game changer for this area. So now I've gone back through all the maps and the things, and we have these huge like stratigraphic structural that now has the potential to be uh, charged with um, with gas. Where's the story story going? Well, I find where you find gas or where you produce gas is where you're going to find more gas. We already have the infrastructure. We already have the data. So I feel I get a less risk, a better return for my dollar to stay in my area that I know. So if I'm looking for other distressed companies for like they they have to have something that I feel will give me a better return than that I have in my own backyard that I know very well. Okay, and it's, it's a kind of interesting point because when, I, when I'm looking at all of these distressed companies, they're struggling to raise capital because a lot of the institutions aren't able to. It, it's it's no longer um, their mandate to be able to invest in fossil fuels, right? Um, you know, and, and likewise for you, if you if you're producing cash, it um, I guess you you can be a master of your own destiny unless you need to go and raise a big chunk of change for an acquisition say, but if you're not going to do that, then I guess you can work at your own pace and you're not so concerned about the fact that these funds are, 
well, I guess ch- changing their, their their mandate. I mean, how, how do you how do you see the 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 market at the moment? Do you think this is as a temporary thing, or do you think that common sense will prevail and realize that we can't do without all of this gas and oil? I hate to be a, a like a bearer of bad news, but we have fossil fuels, and we're going to need those fossil fuels for a long time. And natural gas is going to be <clears throat> your transitional fuel for many years. As you can see, the situation we have right now, they say, what happens if it turns off? And they realize our green energy that we have is not going to fill it. It's going to cause right now, if they turn it off, it's going to cause huge pain for all the industry. We're going to have a big economic um, downturn. And so specifically talking about Turkey, Turkey has a very large consumption of gas. And we sell our gas to industry. We don't sell it to uh, residential. So any any price increase, uh, we get it right away. Um, so with the large discoveries that they have offshore Turkey, they thought, lo and behold, we can now provide all the gas that Turkey wants. But it turns out that it's only going to provide about 20% for 30 years. And they actually did a study to realize that the consumption of gas, natural gas in Turkey is going to increase about 20 to 15% a year as they make more, more distributions of the lines. And so we're going to be using natural gas for the rest of my lifetime. And I, I'm 64, right? And it's going to be there because it, we might be able to wean off heavy oil and oil and that, but natural gas is the next thing as close to green energy as possible. Well, I, 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 I don't. I'm not even sure we'll wean ourselves off that quickly of, of the of heavy of, of oil either. Um, the, the cost of energy is a real concern at the moment, and I think there's going to be as nuclear has seen. Um, there's been a new narrative um, around around that because at a need, at a necessity. So, it'd be interesting. Can you talk talk to me about the politics of the region then? Because obviously, you've you've got a. Well, your, your investors will have to have made a call. You've you've made a call. You know, Turkey has got some strong connections with Russia. Um, you know, but it is part of NATO, so therefore, and, and you know, and um, I think it's sort of queued up to try and join the EU. Um, the, the geopolitical tensions are, are, are quite high there. So, you feel that this focus on the single asset Turkey is going to give you mitigate the risk profile for you or do you perhaps as now you said you've, you've got enough to focus on but where's the confidence to say well we'll just this one asset will be fine and all of this we don't need to spread our risk by looking at other jurisdictions well the one thing I, that i found about turkey especially with the royalty and payment and situations in romania and in other countries how when you make a discovery all of a sudden the royalty regimes change or the taxes change and so on, and they want to grab a bigger chunk. These, this field has been producing since 2007, and there was a, a, a part of it when it was producing a lot of gas. We're still producing, and it's to keep the facility and everything going. They never once changed their, their royalty or their taxes or anything. And making a deal, I find, takes a lot of negotiations, but once they sign the deal, it's set in stone, and they don't, they don't change it. Am I concerned about about um, my business in Turkey and the political situation? Well, number one, it seems that energy seems to ride above that or, or get missed by that. Um, oil and gas resources and so on in Turkey is actually so small that we 
And the reason that's why we get such a good price, there is no internal price and external price. They set one price and we just go on that price, right? So it's fairly stable, um, like it's part of part of NATO and it's like a very, very um, um, stable place. I, I almost call it the, the, the Texas of Europe because you have the rules, the regulations, as long as you don't break the rules and regulations, the fiscal regime, they're very friendly for oil and gas. We have an environmental permit that we've done a long time ago and it's been passed. We, and so we don't have, every time we want to drill now, all these wells we're going to be doing is covered by the past one. There's no, no opening something new, right? So it's really a good place to do business. Right. Okay. And okay. No, I, I, I agree with it. We, we've done business there ourselves. So good people. Um, let, let's so just, just, just find it on this, on this, on this, uh, the potential need for money down the line to kind of get you to the point where you are cash flowing and um, that you can take control of your own destiny, as it were. Are you going to need to raise more money later this year to kind of plug that gap? And if, if so, what, what was the amount that you felt you need? So we have enough money actually to to carry the project to a certain point, like September and so on. But we we do want to try to raise money some in some form within the next uh, next month, right? And that's that is just because the same reason why um, when I when we did the non-brokered pipe replacement, we oversubscribed like the eighteen. I could have grabbed all the money. There was there was a demand there. I turned down one offer for two million, and it's just I didn't want to cause a huge dilution for my shareholders. And but I grabbed enough that when I have this money money now, like I've seen in the past, where where you have a, a fundraising and they they grab what they think is enough, but it's not enough to execute the project, and then it just sits in the bank, and they can't do anything. So I grabbed enough that I can do something if I don't raise another cent. I can still do something, right? And and now it gives me so I can raise ten million dollars my next time by a loan or or equity or five or whatever. It gives me a sense of of freedom. So once I raise that extra amount within the next month or so, I really do not have to go back to um, to raise any more money. We'll have enough internal cash flow. Um, but to be straight up, if I do a big a big um, like offshore, off off my block. If I have an exploration project, and the wells cost uh, twenty million, and I have to do a program, and it's a total of sixty million, but my shares are, you know, in the, you know, we can all dream like two or three dollar range. I might go out and do another financing, or I might be able to get a, a large um, debt instrument because they see my cash flow and stuff like that, right? Right. Did you? I know you got this repentance on the dollar, etc., and that's been tens of millions spent on, on this, if not hundreds, millions spent on this um, pre- previously. Did did you take on any uh, debt at that point? Did you have to buy um, any debt or, or are you debt-free at the moment? Yeah, we're debt-free at the moment. We had a small 500, but we, we paid that off, $500,000. So we're debt-free. And our, cap- our capital market rate... Uh, we're only 75 million US, and I've showed you that at the low range, we're at 250 million uh, US. Yeah. Right. Okay. And with, and so just and looking at this next tranche, you mentioned being able to potentially get some debt or part of it as debt. What, what are the sort of conditions precedent on something like that? Because as I, 
potentially near-term producer, you 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 showed or you're you're showing that it's a, a, a low risk, uh, quick return, you know, high RR, etc. Do you know what would you expect that to look like? And and therefore, you know, because it's non-dilutory, I guess your shareholders would be very interested in in understanding how you generate something like that. So again, have conversations been had? Yeah. So for the debt instrument, it would be a total non-convertible. It just would be a straight debt interest interest bearing payable over a certain amount of time. So we've been offered debt, but it would just cause too much dilution, right? And one of our big issues is we're offered too much debt. So they would say, here's $50 million, but we don't need 50 million. Right. So you, what do you mean? What do you mean it'd be diluted from, diluted from the sense that you'd be paying too, too many, too much, um, a coupon on it, which you don't feel you need to at this so, time? Yeah. So, so in the early days when our shares weren't doing so well and we didn't have this extra money, we had um, companies come up to us and say, look, we'll give you $25 million or $30 million. But then they have these little clauses in where they can convert some to shares and it goes back and forth. And and then they can manipulate your share price and lower it down. And then they can then convert to shares at a lower price. And I just thought, I don't need any of this. I can just... I had enough dance floor that I could continue to dance and try to raise some more money. There you go. The fun and, the fun and yep. games of the finance world. Um, yep. Well, Arthur, look, just as a first run through, I really appreciate um, you coming on and talking to us. Uh, it looks like an exciting project. You, you've got the money to do what you, know, what you want to do. And obviously, you can raise some sense that you've got the smarts not to... Uh, Get, get caught out. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. And if you want to come back on and maybe get a little bit more technical um, with regards to um, the, the, the drill, drilling uh, program uh, now that you've got the um, drill rig contract uh, sorted out, I'd be delighted to uh, see you again. Okay. Could I, I'd like to say one more thing when we talk about the price of energy and so on. I just read an article this morning that the price of beer is going to increase in Germany because there's going to be a shortage of bottles because it's costing too much of, for natural gas to make the bottles. So <laughs> even beer drinkers are being affected by the price of gas. And that's a disgrace. I just need to say yeah. that. <laughs> okay. Th- thank you very much for the chat and your time. Cheers, Arthur. Appreciate your time today. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Bye.